Welcome to the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff West, and I'm going to spend some time talking about tech and looking at how the old dog ways really are all that old. I'm going to look at some integration ideas, discuss some successes and failures, and show you that it's really not about being perfect, but it's about being patient when it comes to integrating technology. I'm a high school educator, been teaching music band for most of my career, but I am a a big tech enthusiast, and I really enjoy uh, researching and finding answers and ways to integrate tech that don't take up so much time. Let's get going. Well, welcome, friends, to episode 23, Old Dog, New Tech. I'm Jeff West. I'm the old dog. Been teaching for, gosh, almost 30 years now and remembering back to the mimeograph and carbon paper and how I don't need those anymore. So in episode 23, um, I've noticed a couple of changes in Google, and I am presenting for the first time at actually one conference. I'm the primary presenter, and another I'm uh, on a discussion board during uh, a session. So um, I thought I would highlight the changes I'd noticed and that I started using. Maybe you've seen them already. They're pretty cool. And uh, conference prep and how it's changing me and my students. And maybe something that uh, I say you'll, you'll hear and maybe uh, it'll change you too. So let's get going. So Google Slides has always had the Q&A and laser pointer feature. That's been around for a little bit. And now there's a captioning feature. That's the first change I want to talk to you about, a captioning feature. So it's a, it appears down in the bar there where the right next to the Q&A and the laser pointer. And there's a little uh, comment bubble. When you hover above it, it says captioning. When you click that, at the bottom of the slide, as you talk and present, your words appear. That's incredible, isn't it? Incredible. What are the possibilities for the, for you using this tool or maybe your students using it? I used it in class uh, for announcements, and I didn't tell my students just to see who's paying attention, you know, just to see who's, who's actually looking at the agenda that I use Google Slides uh, to create, and then I project it up, you know, the day-to-day. And slowly but surely, it says, oh, hey, what's going on? And... Um, it was really, it turned out to be very fun and engaging. It was fun to see how, you know, what, what words would come up. Once in a while, the words would be wrong or uh, a student's name would be spelled differently. But not very much, not very much. So I'm going to be investigating how to better utilize this. And um, if I find something that's that I think is really cool or might uh, be applicable, I'm, I'll update you. Or if I hear something, because I'm listening to podcasts and reading articles uh, about these types of things as they change and how people are using them. There's a lot of innovative thinkers out there, and that's one of the great things about tech is you have access to all of them. The other change I wanted to point out to you is, have you checked out the right side of any window on your computer that you have a Google app open? You might see three icons, the calendar, keep, and tasks. If you don't, then look at the bottom right of the screen and find the arrow pointing to the left. 
Click it, and the sidebar should open and reveal the, ca the calendar, the keep, and task, Google Tasks icon. So now you can click an icon, and it opens in the right-hand side of the window. I love this. This has saved me a lot of time and helped me to not forget things and also to keep my head clear so I can stay focused. So I'm a big Google Keep user, uh, particularly for uh, lists. And so when I use the sidebar, like I'm in Gmail, and I I can uh, I can add to-do list there to keep, or I can be, I'll be typing, you know, making the agenda for the day, and I'll go, oh wait, I need to go make these copies, and I need to talk to the principal about this, and I'll make a list and keep, and then I'll get back to my agenda. Uh, it's it's kind of like going to replace. Uh, me with a, a pen and uh, sticky notes. Um, I, the reason it will replace it is because what you do in your calendar and what you do in Keep then will go to your apps on your phone or on your tablet. Now, so very, very useful. Very useful for me, maybe for you. Also, you can add you know dates to your calendar. If you have Gmail and you get an invitation or something's coming up that you want to check into. So... The changes you make will appear on your phone. That is so useful. So um, far as I know, this this only appears uh, on the computer. You won't find it in, in the tablet or on your phone. You'll have to still switch back and forth. But I think sometimes, you know, depending on how you have it set up, you can click on, you know, some dates will highlight and you can click on it and, it, and calendar will open up and create uh, an event for you. Or um, you can even select it by, you know, pushing long pressing on the tablet or the, the phone. And um, sometimes you get that choice if you have it set up. So big, big, cool changes um, to using Google. That right hand. In fact, as I'm doing this podcast, I'm looking at a Google Doc that I've typed down some notes. And in the right hand is my calendar keep and tasks are all right there. So I haven't been a big Google Tasks user. Uh, just because Keep kind of does that, and so do the reminders, uh, either through Keep or through Calendar. So, but these changes uh, are outstanding. The captioning and and slides, and the three icons on the right hand side um, of your Google app windows. I don't think it works in Drive, but it does in all the others. Check them out. I am presenting at the Michigan Music Conference in January 2019, and I'm also part of a discussion panel at the McCall Conference in March 2019. McCall. I'm drawing a blank. So Michigan Association of Computer Users and Learners, I believe. These opportunities um, I'm finding are driving me to take a closer look at how I'm using technology. So I'm answering that question that I often ask in all of the podcasts of where are you at? I'm looking at where am I at? So, I mean, of course, I looked at this before I applied and then I agreed to present. But I'm noticing that as I'm making, uh, preparing for the conference uh, presentation, I'm really taking a harder look at my use and and kind of refining it because, you know, when I step up in front of people, um, I want to be prepared. I want to know and have answers and, you know, have thought through some 
some of my use and not just have it be um, not very meaningful, let's say it that way, or have it be kind of uh, surface use, you know, just using the tool for the tool's sake instead of uh, for enhancing or either classroom or even my functionality or my efficiency. So um, I'm talking about these two things for a few reasons. Uh, first, I think everybody should present at a conference or a staff meeting at some point. Uh, I think it sharpens you up, and m more importantly, it inspires others. Um, at least, you know, I've always been, I found inspiration when I see a colleague presenting, and, and it usually has passion, and, and that's contagious. I I um, I think, well, wow, you know, this is a person I saw in the lunchroom, and, you know, we talked about the game on Sunday, or, uh, you know, how our kids are doing or something, but when you see them get up there and they go into that teacher mode, and uh, they're presenting and, you know, they're really getting into it and they're showing you how their kids did and it, it's inspiring. It motivates you. So, you know, don't think that you don't matter. Don't think that, that if you did that, that it, you know, wouldn't be all that important. It It is important. It's very important for your colleagues to see because sometimes we all get in our rooms and it's like we're in an island, uh, not in an island, but on an island. And, we don't know what each other is doing and how often do you get a chance to see a colleague teach really. So by doing this, I think, you know, I'm doing it because I saw some other colleagues presenting and I heard the conversations and I thought, you know, I, I have some skills here that, and some things that I would really like to share. And I think technology is such a powerful tool and I'm doing some things. I wouldn't say that, you know, that they're, all that amazing. I mean, some, I just wouldn't say that, but, but there are definitely things that, uh, um, I hear people asking about. And as I talk with people, some are getting, are new to the use and are kind of struggling with it. And so I, you know, I'm doing it cause I want to help, but also, you know, I was inspired to do this because I saw others do it. So you may inspire not just your students, but your colleagues. Personally, I am on a mission to find a better way to present. Uh, the pass, sit, and get method is, um, I know it's still functional and I know it's still done. Um, but I think with technology, we could do so much more and have learning happening and meaningful engagement and you know, all those words that we talk about when, when we talk about what's a perfect you know, learning situation. But it's a challenge because considering that teachers are, we're so used to this method. This is the way we went to school. This is what we taught with for so long that, um, you know, and the method works, but, but sometimes it's, it's not as effective as say, you know, think back to those, those sessions. Uh, you know, you probably know what I'm talking about where the presenter facilitates more and lectures less says, here's this tool, try this. Oh, what do you think of that? How, how could you use this? You know, and maybe puts people in groups or does anybody know this? And, you know, where there's a discussion being facilitated and not one presented or dictated. So I'm, I've been uh, considering the principles of andragogy, uh, Malcolm Knowles, um, and some people find these valuable and others find flaws with it. I think you can find flaws with just about any learning theory that you want to talk about. Because uh, we're human beings and we're all so different that no one 
learning theory is going to apply to every single person. And that, to me, is one of the toughest things about teaching on so many levels is that we have to be ready for that. But then also we have to have discussions with people who think that, hey, we're going to use uh, behaviorism and that's the way it is, or we're going to use Gardner's multiple intelligences or Bloom's. You know, those have those are useful and applicable, but sometimes they don't work for particular students. So we have to kind of use a blend of theories. But anyway, but I was looking at andragogy and andragogy and adult learning theories, uh, experiential, uh, and so forth. Been reading a lot of articles on how to create a memorable conference presentation, and the biggest takeaway is, is just like with teaching students, and I think tech is focusing us, focusing us more in this area, is to facilitate learning and not dictate the learning. Do a needs assessment and include some questions that may help build relationships, maybe even tell a story or two. This is all for the conference, but I think conference and classroom are just alike. And then get to the content and provide options for learners. So, you know, I was thinking I could probably present this same session twice and have two completely different occurrences and results. And I think, again, that's just like the classroom. And if you're, you know, like me as a teacher, you're going, yeah, duh, I get it. You know, of course. But I, but how often, how often do we come into a PD and we sit down and they say, okay, here's today as session is about this online tool. And you click here to start, you know, like where the button says start. You click the start button or here, here's what says print. Yeah, you click that and it prints. Um, I don't know if it's a, a presentation, you know, nervousness or if I don't preparation. I don't know what it is, but I've been to plenty of those sessions where people sitting in the room have bachelor's and master's and doctorate degrees and they're being told here, click the print button. And so I think there, there needs to be a, a direction that moves to facilitating and guiding questions and uh, asking guiding questions and uh, doing a needs assessment. And then you actually formulate uh, a percentage of the session. I mean, you go in with some content, but you don't necessarily have a minute by minute plan until you see what that room is like. And as a musician, this is what we do a lot. We come in and yes, we have a program, but we don't know some variables. How hot is the stage? Do we have enough room? What's the crowd? What's going on? You know, and as you go forward, typically there are some pretty set variables. They are always the same. You know, you have those rare performances where, you know, they become your stories. Remember the time when, you know, the table broke and the punch went all over the place or, uh, you know, it, they kept talking over the microphone every 10 minutes right in the middle of our songs. And, uh, you know, the, you have those types of, but most of the time there is a, a kind of a general accepted direction uh, order of events that's going to happen. So you can prepare your stuff for a session and then do that needs assessment and, uh, you know, share some some definitions to kind of set the tone of the session. This is what I'm yielding from articles and podcasts and from my personal experiences of 
uh, sessions I enjoyed and sessions I didn't. I haven't, I've never done a, a conference session. I'm, I'm very excited uh, to do this. And I hope if you, uh, you're at that conference, you come and see it. Um, lastly, I bring up these two things because the nervousness that I'm experiencing as I'm preparing makes me remember to be patient, not perfect. And I know I close every podcast with that statement, but my feelings remind me of the first time I started using tech and how many failures and successes, the few that I experienced. And I remember my students embraced the opportunity to help me through the pitfalls and they learned how to overcome obstacles, even though the lesson was focused on uh, another subject. They learned that collaboration key that they were patient. They were, hey, why don't you try this? They came up. I said, why don't you come and just do it? Um, you know, and, and I learned to just let go and let them fix it because the overall goal was to utilize that technology to enhance learning. And even though I didn't really enhance a whole lot about the subject on certain days, I certainly did enhance the learning about those 21st century uh, skills about communicating and collaborating, and they were thinking critically. And they were being creative. So I hope if you're new uh, to tech, that you'll remember, <clears throat> sorry, my cold coming back, that you'll remember that sometimes it's about teaching another life skill than a goal or objective. So what's making us nervous is the fact that what if we don't get through our content? Oh, no. I mean, yeah, you want to be focused on that. I'm not saying throw it out the window. I'm just saying that sometimes when something goes wrong, you can seize that opportunity to teach those skills that sometimes you don't get to do. We don't sit down with a lesson plan. It's difficult to remember, and I stumbled upon it. But it was an incredible revelation. And my students then started looking forward to when I used tech and when I had it and it worked and it was running just fine, they got right to the, the content. But when it didn't run just fine, they were there to be helper helpers and collaborate. Really, really cool. So take that shot at it. Uh, you know, present at a staff meeting or a conference. And keep in mind that, yeah, you'll have that content ready and you'll you'll develop those relationships and you do that needs assessment and you'll think that, you know, you're going to go point A to point B to point C and then what if the Wi-Fi goes down? What if that's the day that your computer dies? You, you just have to, you know, have plan B, C and D and E and F and have that openness to facilitate. I think that's the key that I'm, I'm starting to to gain as I'm studying and preparing more for the, uh, for these sessions. You know, last podcast, I talked about three resources to explore, and I neglected to mention, hey, there's no treat, because I gave you kind of three treats in the body of the podcast. So I hope you took time to take a look at uh, Open Education, OER, uh, Commons, or Common Sense Media, or Google Arts and Culture. Um, those are three massive uh, resources, and there's a lot there for you to use. But this week, here's your tech treat. For being a good listener, your tech treat this week is ThingLink. Thing, T-H-I-N-G-L-I-N-K, all one word. Uh, 
You can choose an image and you can add information that appears when you hover or click on an icon that you place in that on that image. So there's all kinds of possibilities for communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. You can do that with ThingLink. I used it uh, when I developed a digital breakout, but that's a treat for another podcast. ThingLink. I put a link to ThingLink in the show notes. Uh, Check it out. It's pretty cool. Think about uh, maybe, again, there's always ways that you can use it and give that content to kids. Of course, that's that's a very normal teacher way, but facilitate it. Give it to your kids and show them how to use it and then tell them to create something. I think you'll enjoy it. I know um, it's a tool that I am trying to find ways to incorporate it. And mostly because um, I enjoyed developing it myself. You know, I, always, I find that when I have a tool like this and um, – the content. This is one of those that um, won't be a won't be a chore. You know, as you're creating it, you know, you'll find your creativity kind of being inspired. And then, like I said, just turn over the reins and tell, show the kids how you did it, and say, "Here you go. I want you to do it on this subject and find these things." Thing link. You have a good week. Thanks for listening. Give me a iTunes uh, shout out if you would, or drop me an email. This is Jeff West, episode 23, cut. This has been the Old Dog New Tech Podcast with your host, Jeff West. I hope you enjoyed your time. And remember, with EdTech integration, it's about being patient and not perfect.